to your daily dose of TLC with Tom and Luca. Welcome to TLC with Tom and Luca. All right, you happy? Yeah, all good, yeah. Our next guest is a primary ITE lecturer in South Wales, successful author of the So You Want To ebook series and co-author of the Ignite newsletter, Apple professional learning specialist, RTC manager, Think Creative consultant, ADE board member, Matt Pullen. It's great to have you on the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, Tom, how are you doing? Absolutely awesome. And it's a, such a pleasure to have you uh, having a chat with me because I know as well as the things in your introduction I've missed podcasting out on there you've been doing a <laughs> podcast uh, series at the moment haven't you it's uh, it was a new venture for me um, it, it, outside of my comfort zone I think is is definitely something to say about that but something that I wanted to introduce to my students this year so I thought well I'm going to do it myself before I try and introduce it to them just so um you know, I know what I'm talking about. So, yeah. And de- de- and definitely, I think I feel like when I've been listening to that, you've been connecting with some really inspiring uh, educators and they've all been at different paths in their career. Some are newly starting out, some are five years in, some are 10 years in. Yeah. And what I love about that is you, you're connecting with with a network of, of go-getters. And what this little podcast is here to do is inject a little bit of a boost to the immune system of try and reach those teachers who are a bit deflated a bit uninspired or isolated um and i've been taking a bit of an honest look at what isn't working in cultures in schools um and some schools are a little bit toxic and they've just not got the right combination they're not really supporting teachers and i just wanted to inject a bit of energy in it and and just talk to real people like yourselves who have gone through it you've gone through 15, 20 years of education, you're surviving. You've got a smile <laughs> on your face when I met you. You're a go-getter. You stood up on the stage in, in, at AD Institute uh, full of passion. You, you're still driving. You're still going. Why are you still that driving force in education? Um, it's like an, an unfinished job. Um, I think when I when I was still a PE teacher, um, people would always say, oh, you know, time to move on maybe find a different school become a head of department all of those sorts of things and um it just always felt like an unfinished job in a secondary school because you'd say oh I just, I'll just get this group of year 11s through mm. uh, and then maybe I'll, I'll start to look but then they go and then you get a new group of year seven start and then the whole thing starts again so it's that that was kind of always my mantra when I when I taught was I, I always felt like, oh, if I leave, I'm letting people down. I'm, you know, this is unfinished. I haven't, I haven't succeeded in what I want to do. I haven't helped these students all the way through, and that hasn't changed now. You know, I, I, I work with, with trainee teachers, but it's exactly the same situation where, um, I don't know. I, I, I personally have my beliefs and my own mantra about what education should look like, and I get kind of inspired by some of our students and I want to help them go out into their schools and, and embody what they believe education should look like. So, And because you are in IT, uh, ITE and in, in, in a, in a lecture at the moment and yeah. you're at the, the, the first step, 
you know bef- before the the potential teachers go out into into the profession into their different schools you must get a lot of worries anxieties even on their work experience placements and things like that and um from what i can see from speaking to everybody else and it'll be the same when you're doing podcasts it's the same when you go to institute and you talk to teachers everybody has a different experience and everybody has go has got to a school they might have said oh that was a fantastic school or it's not, i've not yeah. quite fitted in i don't like have the culture yeah um what do you say to those those students that are or just those teachers that are kind of in the profession, they might be feeling a bit deflated. They're thinking, actually, is this the right thing for me? Uh, what would you say to them? Every school is different. And and that's the thing that I say to my students all the time, that don't judge education by a school because um, a leadership can, can create a culture that isn't right for you. It doesn't mean it's not a good culture. Mm. It just might not be the, the place where you, you fit in. You don't have to change who you are. Sometimes you just have to find a different school where you where you fit in better, and and mm. they do things the way you want to do them. So mm. I think it, it, that's students, it's difficult to do. I feel like on the on the school year, the academic year, when you might have you've committed <laughs> your September yeah. October time, and then it gets to Christmas and you think I give it another term, and um, you know that sustaining that um you've talked about it before about sustaining the community right, yeah. the wider community how does somebody connect into a wider community what are they going to be talking social media what would you say is good advice well we we encourage uh social media use in university it was a bit of a battle at first because it was frowned upon students shouldn't use social media and uh, it wasn't professional, um, mm-hmm. so we went down a route of teaching them the professional ways of using uh, social media and the do's and don'ts, mm-hmm. uh, and that for us helps them build community beyond beyond their kind of social group that they have in university, but to see the profession at large. So mm-hmm. our, our students join in Apple chats on a on a weekly basis um, and have sort of developed a community alongside the, the way we've got a community amongst mm-hmm. the Apple um, Distinguished Educator community as well. Mm-hmm. And that just gives them that opportunity to see the wider aspect of teaching. I always felt when I was teaching schools at Little Islands, um, and I was teaching, kind of, <laughs> you know, as social media was coming in, yeah. um, and you can be hugely isolated and think that education is is the same in every institution. Yeah, My school did it this way so every school must do it this way and it's not until you talk to other educators that you realize that there are different ways and there are different mm-hmm. schools that might suit you better or or you're doing better than another school and until you have that opportunity to talk with a wider community you're never going to really know what's going on so absolutely so social media just just filtering down to your own story because you are for not only your students but for that wider ade community uh that you just mentioned you are that that figure you're a role model of sorts you're a humble man so you probably say oh, i'm not really a role model but I, f- I feel like you you definitely are because you, you're so active in doing so many community things with with the podcasts and, and the ebooks and the newsletters right so you are a, a, that that role model um but how how do you in your from your point of view have you always been like that or did you have some speed humps along your career path where you thought actually uh, it might not be for me 
Um, I don't know if I've ever doubted education wasn't for me. I think the way certain institutions might have been going weren't for me. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't see myself as a role model at all. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm quite outspoken and I like to stand up for the, for the underdog sometimes. I think that's always mm-hmm. been me ever since I was a kid. You know, I, I, w- I was a PE teacher, I loved PE, but actually lots of my friends didn't. And I became a PE teacher for that reason, to, to mm-hmm. almost look after, not look after, that sounds, that sounds terrible, but look out for the, for the children who don't get the best experience from PE because they're not sporty. And so mm-hmm. then they almost get pushed to the side of, oh, you know, you, you go and do what you need to do. I'm going to take the rugby team. So mm-hmm. my approach to PE, although I love PE, was actually to to listen to what the students who might not have that passion for it want to do, what they want to do differently. Well, I, w- I was going to say some of the educators that I've been speaking to, they've been saying about um, finding the right school for you, finding the right institution for you. And yeah. um, and that does take time. It takes a bit of bravery as well, because if you say you're a little bit outspoken, you know, when you're starting out on a career, it's very difficult um, if you do like to be a perfectionist, do like to control, teaching isn't one of those professions where I feel like you can tick every single box every time. No, and what no. I like about your approach is you're you're honest with your students and you do give them that level of transparency and say, you're going to make mistakes. I think you have to. And I think, you know, my I wouldn't hide anything from my students. You know, I will be open with them if there's something that I'm like with podcasting you know i i wanted to introduce it to my students because i think it's something that that will benefit them and and it's a new opportunity but i've got to do it myself so that i can see all the pitfalls and i can tell them you know this is where i went wrong this is what i did wrong mm-hmm. it's the only i think the only way you can really teach is is with honesty that's my personal belief um, i love it I love always, the mantra. Yeah. Yeah, we were always told, I think, when we were training to be teachers and, and when I first started teaching that um you've got to put a barrier up and you've got to, you know, have this sort of concrete wall between you and the students. Um mm-hmm. but I will always remember that my my favourite teacher from school and not my favourite teacher because he let me get away with murder or anything, my favourite <laughs> because he taught me really well, was someone who was just really honest and and, and you know, I've re- called this story numerous times the um the science teacher and we would ask him if he if he'd marked our homework and and his response one day which would always stick with me and and has always kind of molded i think the way i approach things mm-hmm. he said no, i haven't marked your homework because i was playing mario kart with my son last night <laughs> and, and not i mean i'm a fam i'm a real family oriented person anyway yeah but i, yeah, I was definitely. 15 at the time so i wasn't quite at that family stage then so yeah. It just kind of struck me that one, he was honest, and two, he kind of had that work-life balance right. And and that that one thing that he said then has stuck with me throughout my teaching. And that's I'm going to be honest with the students, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm going to make sure that that I have that balance in my life, and my students know that I have a life outside. Sure, and they see you important. as a normal person as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm no, I'm not. You know, go back to when you said about the role model. I don't, I don't want anyone to kind of put me on a pedestal because I want people to realise that what I've achieved is achievable. I've not mm. done it because I'm special in any way. There's nothing special about how I've got to where I've got all the things I do. Just just a bit of hard work and, and honesty, I think. Mm. I love that. You've you've added quite a few things. You've kind of, we're talking about adding different 
different things to this first aid box to help those teachers who are feeling a bit stressed and overworked or isolated. Yeah. And um, before we get on to that, because I think I know the two or three tips you might already add, but we've asked everybody about their current their current job satisfaction. And I know you're not in uh, teaching full time, but you still do dabble. You still do go in um, yeah. into the classroom and stuff. If I if I could pin you down to out of ten. 10 being i'm on top of the world tom i'm dead happy in my job uh this is where i want to be and one being you you're ready to pack it in throw the towel in <laughs> where would you be um you know it's not it's not a straightforward question if if, if I you go, go low i'm gonna be fuming going if low, you go I, two out of three that's it that's the end of the interview right there so i would say i would <laughs> say i'm a nine in terms of where where i am excellent job wow satisfaction. um i cannot wait for the students to come back Ours, ours don't come back till sort of mid-September. Mm. Cannot wait for that because that's the bit that inspires me. The bit that, the bit where I would score myself low in terms of the um, job satisfaction is is the politics that go with it. And I think mm. that's that's tough for anybody um, when when the politics behind it kind of maybe put a dampener on your on your own personal passion for what you're trying to do and mm-hmm. you know, I, I personally believe and I've had this conversation with a few people recently um I do my job for the students I, I don't work for the management I don't work for Ofsted I don't work for the government any of that I, I work for the students who are yeah them. and it takes a bit of bravery it takes a bit of balls to stand up and say yeah. well I'm doing it for this reason or I don't agree with that um and yeah, ultimately you've got to you've got to st- stand by what you believe in if you've got that philosophy i'm doing it, it for the kid doing it for that's the it it's, it's about your beliefs and if you if if you are true to your beliefs and you know you, you talked before about kind of um how difficult it is for for new teachers in the profession and and, and trying to do things differently mm-hmm. i think when i first started i would i was considered uh disruptive i think is a politest way that I could probably say <laughs> but but what I learned from those kind of first oppositions to when we did things was instead of just opposing things come up with a solution and, sure. and and try it yeah and and not just kind of moan or oh, why are we doing this why are we doing this but say yeah I'm not sure why we're doing it this way I've been trying it this way and this is the outcomes and yeah I think... and I think any leader to be honest Matt in in, in any role will, would prefer a person who's using exactly. their initiative and saying yeah. I've seen this as a problem um here's what I suggest these are at least a solution or two um yeah. and uh and yeah I feel like that's that's definitely good advice um yeah. If I could ask you then two top two or three tips, you must have a tips as long as your your book series at the moment. So I'm not after twenty. I'm after just two or three top tips to pop into this first aid box for those teachers isolated or stressed out or just disillusioned with the whole thing. What would your top top two or three tips be? Um, I would say get to know your students. I think relationships are absolutely critical, and you need mm-hmm. to know each individual and you need to know something about them that isn't the mainstay you know they, they wear a red coat or um they like <laughs> they like uh, oh, red coat billy again <laughs> yeah i think you've, you've got to get to know them and and at the same time let them get to know you i think mm-hmm. as a pe teacher i found that quite a lot we we hugely benefit from the fact that we do after school clubs and we take mm-hmm. on on um fixtures and you get that time on the minibus with them where you just talk and it's not education it's just talking to to a group of kids and And it also improves the 
the gifts at the end of the year more personalized so they'll know <laughs> be honest, instead I, of... I never got any gifts as a teacher in school I, I, oh. like primary school teachers always seem to come home and in the summer term with like a mug. year's supply I'll of wine what, and everything i mean i'm taking that as a top tip because <laughs> at least i'll get a forest mug now instead of the world's greatest teacher mug that's it yeah um, so, no so that's a great one so no students yeah relationships is, is is critical and and the other thing is just don't be afraid to try things i think you've mm-hmm. got to because at the end of the day i mean you you mentioned before about role models you are the role model to the kids in your class um yeah how old they are it doesn't matter if they're secondary school primary school you, you are going to be a role model because they look up to you they spend all that time with you mm-hmm. uh, and if they see you taking calculated risks and, and trying new things they're going to try new things themselves um mm. And, I think that and that's why technology is so powerful, right? Because oh, saying, oh, I've got something new. I've not tried it yet. Let's give it yeah. a bash. Let's give it a go. And delving down even further, when I was speaking to Matt Ward the other day about coding, and that's just another example of actually, you don't have to get it right the first time. You yeah. need to keep trying, keep trying, and think outside the box. And that should be the same with our normal practice. Just, just with anything. I mean, you know, I've got, I've got no IT background at all. I, I got an iPad what nine years ago when they first came out, and exactly as you said, I'd take it into my class and I'd say to students, "I've got this. I really, don't really know how it can work in the classroom, but should we have a play? Let's see what mm-hmm. it can do." And and that was it. And I was always honest with them, and mm. I still do it now. I'll, I'll, you know, get something and take it into uni. And I know we're meant to have planned lectures, but I'll be honest now. I'm sure my boss isn't listening. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes mine are ad hoc. I'll say, look, mm-hmm. saw this thing last night. Um, let's have a look. What, what could it do? Let's explore it together. And-, and I think that's one thing, looking from the eyes of an NQT or someone who's just starting out in the profession, they find it really difficult to get the confidence to just give it a go, yeah. especially in multi-academy trusts where they do expect a certain standard of observation lesson. They do yeah. expect you to do this. They don't expect the risks necessarily. And when they are not allowed to take those risks, like you've said. It, for me, it, I agree with you 100%. It's the most empowering thing to yeah. to, to spice up your, your timetable, spice up your curriculum, right, rather than going off the same, same thing. Yeah. Um, but what would you say to those to those newer teachers that, that, are, that are in those schools that have the kind of wings clipped a little bit? Um, set up a lunchtime club or an after-school club and do it outside the curriculum and so nice. you, you can you can show your passion or you can develop something new and develop mm. those relationships at the same time with the groups of mm. kids and that will that work well because things. your your colleagues your students and your and your parents will say hang on this this guy or this girl yeah. is well motivated they've got a passion and yeah. they should respect that and you can prove it works in those kind of informal sort of mm. settings you can say oh do you know what this this child who doesn't really usually engage is now coming every single lunchtime um, and I'm starting to see an improvement in their communication skills or, or you know, their desire to write something down or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, could I introduce this into my teaching? You know, that's that start conversation. So mm. I say to my students all the time, if they're in a school that um, expects them to do it a certain way, just suggest that they do a lunchtime club um, so I they can that. try out some of the stuff. Um, without the pressure without the observation for any of that just just a chance to just sort of develop their own passion or something you've had some top tips you've had some amazing bits of advice so thank you very very much Matt Pullen, for your You're welcome for your time um, I'm hoping 
that this will um, will inspire a couple of people um, and just give them a little bit of a pick me up. And that honest story, that honest chat is 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 all part of that ever growing medicine cabinet to help positive impact. And um, I wish you all the best with your new students when you start in, in mid-September. Thank you very much. I look forward to uh, to reading uh, a few more of your EPUBs and stuff. Like that. <laughs> For anybody, and there'll be more people that will that will know of you, but if there's anyone listening who'd like to find out more about your teaching philosophy or your published works, where should they look? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Matt6453. Um, and that's, that's not your bank account that's details. Not no, my that's bank not your account. code. No, we've had that conversation on <laughs> another podcast recently. No, it used to be my PIN number, but it's not my PIN number that's anymore. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, so you can find me on there. Um, like you said, I've, I've got the So You Want Two series of books on the bookstore, so you can just search my name on there. Um, and yeah, Thinkcreative.org.uk. Thinkcreative.org.uk, that's it. Excellent. Good man. Matt, thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Tom. Good to speak to you. Get your daily dose of TLC with an educational podcast from Tom and Luca. Subscribe to Prescribe.